And when you see Gordon Ramsay on his TV shows, yeah, sometimes he is very aggressive. But he's never more aggressive than when someone threatens his team, threatens the weak, bullies people that he feels responsible for. This is the Military Sherpa Podcast. Left, right, left leadership insights from America's best. With your Military Sherpa, Mark Tilsher. Welcome back to the Military Sherpa Podcast. I am your host, Mark, and today we are tackling a listener question. And that listener question is, can pioneers be people-oriented? Is it possible for a pioneer, the hard-charging strategist of the Five Voices world, is it possible for them to be people-oriented. So let's talk about that for just a second. And of course, when we talk about pioneers, we're talking about the five voices, the system created by Steve Cockrum and Jeremy Kubitschek of giant fame. And when we think about five voices, understand we're thinking about the ways that people rhyme, the way that different personalities may sound a lot like or share commonalities with each other. Obviously, the highest level of diversity is the individual, and we can't put people into boxes. And it's one of the reasons why questions like this, like can a pioneer, can a nurturer, can a creative, a guardian, a connector, can they be? Because the answer is almost always yes when we bring individuals into the equation. There are no two people the same, so any food you can think of, whether we're talking about liverwurst or we're talking about pizza, every food is somebody's favorite food. Every drink is somebody's favorite drink. Every activity is somebody's favorite activity. Nurture, creative, guardian, connector, pioneer, irrespective of those. And so five voices can't help us predict what an individual will do, but it can help us differentiate what groups of people may do or what groups of people may have in common. So in that respect, five voices is just a people hack. It's a hack that allows us to understand the commonalities, the tendencies, the differences in the people around us. It accelerates our relationships because when we understand people, we can meet them where they are. The things that they say aren't as offensive to us if we understand their motivations and their wiring. And we can also craft our speech and craft our interactions so that we meet people where they are, that we lead them the way they need to be led rather than the way that we think that we should be leading. And then we interact with them the way that they need to be interacted with. So it accelerates our relationships. Five Voices accelerates our leadership. And therefore, and this is really what matters, it accelerates the performance of our teams and the health of our families. And all of those things get rolled up in this neat little package called Five Voices. And if we want to think about pioneers, so again, there are five different voices. Pioneers are the fifth. They're the loudest of all of the voices. They're the only one with red in their decibel when we think about like their can you hear me now bars. And when we think about pioneers, it can be summarized. If you've never been through five voices, pioneers are all about problem solving. And pioneers are all about winning. Pioneers come to the table with a vast array of competencies and skill sets. And our pioneers are all about bold vision. They don't waste time. Who says we can't is their motto. You want to motivate a pioneer, challenge them. Tell them it can't be done. And I guarantee you the pioneers will rise to the challenge with bold vision and clear strategy. They excel at problem solving and they love high pressure situations. They thrive on it. The challenge is, is that when we think about pioneers, almost all of us have been burned by the unhealthy variety of pioneers. And so when we think of pioneers, it's almost always the unhealthy ones that we're thinking about. And so when we think about pioneers, we've all been victims of the pioneer that is me-focused, me-centric, all about themselves, their ambition, their desire, their goals. And at best, pioneers will look at us, those unhealthy pioneers, and say, why do you care so much what people think? Why can't you just be intrinsically motivated? Why don't you just get the job done for the satisfaction of getting the job done? That's the unhealthy pioneer at their best. 
And at their worst, at their worst, the unhealthy pioneer is the person who says, why should I care what you think? And they may not say those words out loud, but internally they put up a barrier and that barrier is competence. And so they put up this barrier where they say, look, if, if I don't respect you, if I don't believe that you know what you're talking about, if I don't believe that you're good at your skill set, at your job, then you don't deserve a seat at the table. I shouldn't be listening to you and neither should anyone else. And often pioneers believe they've got everyone in the room read. And maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. But always assume that somebody knows more than you or that somebody knows something that you don't know. And so when we think about our pioneers, they can gravitate, especially the unhealthy variety, they can gravitate towards a just do it, dictatorial style. Just get it done. Keep your mouth shut and move forward. I'll do the thinking. I'll think of the plans, the ideas, the innovation. I just need you all to do it. And the best pioneers, if we contrast that, that's pioneers at their worst. Pioneers at their best are quite different. The best pioneers, by my estimation, are focused on being great leaders of people. We think, and I got this from Steve Cockrum, I didn't make this up, that all pioneers eventually make a choice. Either they decide to be selfish and me-centered or they decide to be others-focused and people-centered. And they go from being me-first to being we-first. And Steve will often say that this happens around 30 years old. I think the military accelerates that. And I think that in the military, pioneers, they make a choice much earlier in their life, earlier in their career, if they want to be great leaders of people or not. And what that really is, is that's a values judgment. That's a values moment. They're at this crux. They're staring at a bridge. They're moving forward and they're deciding, do I want my primary value to be ambition? Do I want my primary value to be people? And you see two very different pathways that that takes. The first one that I can think of is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs got a lot of amazing things done. He was fantastic. We all owe him a debt of gratitude. I'm filming on an iPhone right now, looking at my Apple Watch to make sure that my phone starts. Steve Jobs, bro, thank you. But by every estimation, nobody really enjoyed working for Steve Jobs. His family didn't particularly like him. His marriages weren't hyper successful. And so Steve Jobs, while he was an amazing pioneer of the highest caliber, unfortunately, Steve Jobs wasn't a healthy pioneer. He wasn't someone that people wanted to be around. And I wonder at the end of his life, if he would have gone back and changed anything, the closer I get to the end of mine, the more that I realize just what matters and what doesn't. And most of the time that I've spent has been an absolute waste. If it wasn't directly involved in my mission, my purpose, or my family, everything else Every other second spent, I wish that I could get back and spend differently. And you contrast that with someone like Gordon Ramsay. And Gordon Ramsay, again, a pioneer performing at the highest level, restaurants all over the world, companies, TV shows. And when you see Gordon Ramsay on his TV shows, yeah, sometimes he is very aggressive. But he's never more aggressive than when someone threatens his team, threatens the weak, bullies people that he feels responsible for. Gordon Ramsay rises to the occasion in a way that I envy and I wish that I was more like that. I hate bullies and I don't stand or I don't sit down when I see injustice, but man, do I wish that I met it head on the way Gordon Ramsay does. And Gordon Ramsay says something all the time that I love. And he's always like, you're only as good as your team. And he says those words, you're only as good as your team. You're only and pioneer operating at the highest level. Primary value is people. And you watch him tear people down, but you know, the only reason he's doing it is to build them back up and you watch him do it over and over again. And it's why he's one of the leaders that I expose my children to, because he's such a healthy version of the pioneer. He has a primary value of people. 
It's not that he's not ambitious. It's not that he's not a problem solver. It's not that he rises to the challenge when people tell him that it can't be done. It's just that people are a primary vote of primary value for him. He focuses on collaboration and surrounding himself with the very best people. And because of that, he builds loyalty and attracts the very best. He brings the best out of people. And so do the best. The best pioneers never have to be the smartest person in the room. They just have to be good at what they value, what they're making money on. So the bottom line is this is not a voice question. Can pioneers value people? Can nurturers value people? Can create? This is not a voice question. This is a values question. Any voice can hold any value. Is it more likely that nurturers are going to gravitate towards people as a value? Absolutely. Is there a higher probability that pioneers will, will gravitate away from people as a primary value, especially early in their lives? Early? Absolutely. But we can't predict for individuals. And the pioneers that value people at the highest level, at their deepest core, these are the pioneers that you want to work with and for for the rest of your life. And I hope that this episode helps you both as you're learning and out there talking about and teaching five voices. I hope that this sheds some light on what's going on under the surface and why what we value is far more important than what our voice order is. I hope this helps. Uh, if you're not already a military Sherpa certified coach, these are the types of conversations that we're having and the type of principles that we're learning as we sit and jam about all things giant, all things leadership. MilitarySherpa.com is where you go to get registered for one of our classes. We have eight classes left this calendar year. And of course, military spouses always attend free. So just go to MilitarySherpa.com. There's a link right on the homepage to our brand new spouses website, which you can go and check out. And uh, it's a link right on our homepage. So hopefully we'll see you soon. I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Military Sherpa Podcast with Mark Tilshire.